Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Thank you, Jesus. Well, good morning, family. Buenos dias. Buenos dias and welcome, bienvenido, uh, to the Building Christian Fellowship. It is good to uh, be seen by you in your homes. Es bueno que lo bien en sus casas. Uh, it's good to be seen on your telephones, uh, in sus telefonos, or on your laptops. Amen. <laughs> Whatever it is, wherever it is, es bueno ser visto. It's good to be seen. Amen. Now, if you guys don't know already, if, uh, hopefully you don't, but maybe you do. My name is Pastor John. Me llamo Pastor Juan, Juan Canicero. And um, listen, you guys, it is uh, a, a privilege to be here, just to be on the platform today. Amen. Just to be able to bring the word. But today I have a word, una palabra, that will chastise you, challenge you, and change you. Te castigara, te desefeada, y te cambiara. Después de hoy, nunca serás los mismo. After today, you will never be the same. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ¿Quién quiere ser lo mismo? Huh? Who wants to be the same? Yeah, if, you, if you're at home right now, I'm just asking you a question. Do you want to be the same? I don't want to be the same. No quiero ser el mismo. You need to touch somebody and say, look, I, I don't want to be the same. Right? So listen, you guys. Por favor, por me. Mi español todavía está en proceso. Estoy mejorando. Amen. Amen. My Spanish is getting better, but God is helping me. Amen. He's helping me with my, my stuttering problem, and he's helping me with my Spanish issue. Amen. I'm not making any apologies for what God is doing through my life and in my life. Amen. So let's talk circumstances. We're going to get right with the word this morning. Um, circumstances and situations. Circumstances and situations. On July 28th, around 9 a.m., I woke up confused. There was something wrong with me, and I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't figure it out. There was something that just wasn't right with me. I knew something was different, and I had somewhere in my instinct told me to go to the garage. I, I, I had to get up. I went to the, to the bathroom. I'm walking out. I couldn't figure anything out. I was just completely confused. My youngest son, Judah, was looking at me very strange, trying to figure out what was wrong with Dad. I couldn't remember the code to the code, the, the code to the garage to try to kill the alarm, but my son was looking at me and he, he helped me out. He pressed in the code and I just knew I had to go out into the garage. And I, I sat there as I was in the garage and I'm looking and I'm, I'm trying to figure what's out and Judah's looking at me and, and I didn't know what to say. I was confused. And, and I looked and Tony, I, I remember just standing there looking at the bewilderment on Judah's face, like, what is going on with my father? He wants to help me, but he doesn't know how to help me. And I sat there, and I'm like, why am I out here? I looked at him, Atira, and I said, Judah, ambulance. It was right at that moment I just couldn't speak, and all I could manage to say at that moment was ambulance. And of course, Pastor Kaya called 911, the ambulance came, and I couldn't remember my birth date. I couldn't remember my I couldn't remember the day. I couldn't remember what was happening. I knew what my name was, I knew who my kids were, but I didn't know anything else, and I couldn't talk. 
they were asking me questions, and all I could do was look at them and go, ma, 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 ma. All I knew was, how did I get here and what was going to happen to my family? Now, I'm not trying to make a long story short or a short story long, but I do have to say one thing. One event can change your circumstance for a lifetime. One event can change your whole circumstance for a lifetime. You didn't ever know that you were on your way to work and have a car accident. You didn't know that you were on your way to the hospital and get a diagnosis of death. You didn't know that your child that was leaving out to school would never come back home again. One, one event can change your circumstance for life. There are two great laws in life that we must eventually learn, saints. Number one, many circumstances we have in life are uncontrollable. There's nothing you can do about it. Many circumstances. There's a lot of us right now that are under the illusion that we have things under control. Yes. We don't have nothing under control, but we are under the illusion that we can't. But the circumstances in life are uncontrollable. And number two, things don't always go as planned. Come on. If anybody is like Pastora and, and, and Sister Margot, when they plan things out, they plan things out. Can I get an amen? When they get everything together. But even in their planning, something doesn't always go right. Go right. Life doesn't always, it is a, life isn't like a box of chocolates. Life doesn't always go the way that we want it to go. Many things in life are way beyond our control. These are the cards that you are dealt with in life. Matter of fact, if you guys know how to play dominoes, Capico, you guys play some dominoes? If you don't know, look, you are given the hand that's given to you, even in regular cards. But it's the way that you deal with that hand that you're dealt is what's going to determine how you play the game of life. You can't sit back and go, I don't want these and throw them down. No, you got to get the cards that you are given and you need to learn how to play them. I'm getting ahead of myself. How you play is your choice. We're going to take a look today at a very familiar young man named Joseph who really made his life count. He showed that what counts in life aren't about what's happening to you, but what's happening through you. It's all about your character. Now, there are two things that we can see, two facts that we learn from Joseph's life, and it's this. Fact one, life can stink. Amen. If we look at Joseph, the last 14 chapters of Genesis tell us the story of Joseph. This story has it all. It talks about revenge, deceit, lust seduction, attempted murder, violence, accusations of rape, and life in prison. We see that this guy, Joseph, for 30 years of his life, nothing happened to him that was good. Circumstances and situations. That should have been his, his, his middle name. My name is Joseph, circumstances and situations. Joseph's circumstance was a very unique one. First of all, as we look at Joseph, and we're going to read here uh, later, uh, Joseph was hated at home. He was the second of 11 children. There was a lot of rivalry and competition and bitterness from his brothers because Joseph's father, Jacob or Israel, was favored or favored him and gave him a coat of many colors. Now, I don't know about you, then maybe some of you guys are, are, are uh, uh, single children like Pastora, but you, maybe you have brothers and sisters that maybe you don't get along with. But can you imagine having 11 brothers that didn't like you at all? 
Joseph had a very, a very strange situation. See, because his brothers didn't like him, this caused Joseph, Joseph's brothers to feel some kind of way. You guys know how it is. When somebody doesn't like you because you're favored and all of a sudden they're going to try to find a reason why they don't like you. Joseph never did anything to anybody, but they were always hate. They always hated on Joseph. If, if you look, Genesis chapter 37 and 4, and we'll read right here. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Why would they hate on Joseph? Joseph never did anything. The Bible says that every time the other brothers went out to work, Joseph got to stay at home. And daddy took care of him and put on a coat of many colors. He was favored by his father. But then one day, they were so upset and hated on Joseph, they decided they were going to plot against him. In Genesis chapter 37, 21 through 22, it says this, but Reuben heard it and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness. And do not lay hands on him that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. Now, that's brotherly love, isn't it? Come on. This dude Reuben decides that we're going to take him and throw him in a pit and leave him. Now, brotherly love can mean one thing, but love that we look at today isn't the kind of love that Joseph was, was uh, looking at when it comes down to brothers. You got a group of guys standing here going, look, we hate him so much, but we know that dad loves him, so let's get rid of the one we hate so that the love of that father will be dispensed on us and not on him. I'm trying to get somewhere with this. A lot of times, you know, the father's love is going to be shed on, on the one that he's favored by, but the other ones obviously aren't getting the favor that the father's given them. That's some of us right here. So Genesis chapter 37, 26 and 27 said this. So Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh and his brothers. Listen, now I, this is a whole nother sermon here, but sometimes Judah will help you. When Judah opens up his mouth, and that word Judah means that I will praise, sometimes somebody else's praise will get you out of a pit. Now, it's, another, it's another sermon, but uh, hopefully you'll understand this. But as we see with this story, Judah gets, uh, not Judah, but, but Joseph gets sent into a pit. Judah decides to speak up for him and says, he's still our brother, but let's sell him to be a slave, and when he's taken into Egypt to the, with the Ishmaelites, they sold him to a, a man named Potiphar, and he became a slave to Potiphar. Overnight, he went from being pampered to being a slave. Circumstances and situations. Now, that's some serious rejection from family. Some of you in here think that Joseph got rejected. What about yourself? Have you ever been rejected by a family member? Have you ever been rejected by a friend, a boyfriend, or a girlfriend? Have you ever been rejected and felt betrayed because of circumstances and situations? And then the next circumstance and situation that Joseph had was this. He was seduced and smeared. Joseph started working for Potiphar, and he got very successful. We think about that. Potiphar, rich. Everybody knew who he was. Joseph ends up being the slave to Potiphar, but Joseph became successful at what he was doing. He was actually put in charge of everything at Potiphar's house. But here's the problem. Potiphar's wife wasn't on Potiphar's things. She was on, her eyes were on Joseph. The Bible even declares that Joseph was actually good looking. 
In Genesis chapter 39, verse uh, 7 through 8, or through 10, says this, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But Joseph refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and this sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or be with her. Can we just stop here for a second? Do you see that Joseph even in his situation, in his circumstances, refuses to hold back her advances. This is a young man with some type of character. As we see and we see in the scripture that Joseph is now being being, uh, betrayed by his family, sold into slavery, now has a woman that has eyes after him, and day by day, day by day, she she has advances. Now, I'm sure Potiphar's wife was probably good looking. Potiphar, rich, rich guy, set up high. I'm sure he had a, a good looking wife. But while Potiphar was probably gone working, she was doing her own work. At one point in a fit of passion, Potiphar just couldn't, you know, she couldn't help herself. Mm, I wish some, some of us couldn't help ourselves. She said, in one, one fit of passion, Potiphar's wife grabbed him by the robe, and he slithered out of it, and he lost his coat, but he kept his character. He lost his coat, but he kept his character. That's, man, that's a, I, we can keep preaching, but I, I'm trying to get somewhere so you guys can, can understand what this word is. is. Do you realize that she framed him because he did not, he did not, want her advances back on him. So what he did was, even out of the fit of losing his favor, he walked out of his favor that his father, listen, you guys, even when his father wasn't right with him, he still had the favor from his father. But sometimes the enemy will try to seduce you and get in plot against you because he has his eyes on you. Because sometimes we are a slave in certain certain situations that we may not need to be in. And the the enemy's trying to get you, seduce you. And and sometimes you end up slithering out of the favor and trying to run because you have good character. But then now, guess what happens? The enemy's going to try to use that favor against you. And what does she turn and do? She goes back, back to Big Daddy Potiphar and starts lying on him. Genesis 39, 17 through 20. And I'm going to read this. It says, Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us, brought to us. (laughs) He came to work for Potiphar, but now she's like talking about us. We, like she's speaking French. The Hebrew servant to whom you brought to us came into me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when the master heard these words which his wife spoke to him saying, your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison and a place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in prison. This dude was trying to do right. He was trying to hold up his character, his his integrity. But then what happens? Somebody lies on him. Actually, it was an accusation of rape. Potiphar gets upset and puts him in prison. Not a regular prison, but puts him in a prison of of the king of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's enemies. 
This guy, Joseph, just can't win. Joseph is hated at home, sold into slavery, seduced and smeared, then thrown into prison. Then after prison, he's overlooked. He's sitting in prison, falsely accused. Things have went from bad to worse. Yeah, series wanting to preach. <laughs> Things are going, getting from bad to worse. He gets into prison, and there, while he's in prison, he's forgotten by some new friends that he had while he's in prison. He befriended two of Pharaoh's staff members who were actually in prison. And because Joseph ended up having this gift from God of being able to look and see dreams, because if you guys don't know that before Joseph had uh, uh, these encounters being hated by his brothers. He had a dream that was given to him by God that every, the, everybody, all of his brothers would bow down to Joseph. He had a dream back when he was a young child, but he didn't know that later on that dream would come true. But he had this way of God gave, gave him uh, the visions and being able to interpret dreams and why he's in prison. He has two friends while he's there and why he's there. The two friends are like, hey, I got this, this dream. Can you help me? And Joseph says, yeah, I'm going to tell you what those, those uh, um, dreams mean. And, and, and the funny thing about it is when Joseph is still doing good, his friends look at him and say, hey, Joseph, can you help me out? Listen, if you, let, if, if you help me get out of here, when I get out, I'm going to remember you. So if you help me na- out now, I'm going to help you out later. But once they got out, how many people know that they don't forgot about Joseph? <laughs> Genesis 40, it says this, but remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention to me of Pharaoh and get me out of this house. Verse 23, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph but forgot him. Isn't that like some people we know? (laughs) Do you guys realize that sometimes jealous people will try to hurt you and immoral people will try to tempt you and ambitious people will try to use you? But... uh, Family, you could still succeed at life if you have the Lord in your life. It's not about what's happening to you. It's about what's happening through you. So in fact, one, we we see that the first fact that we, we faced was this. Life stinks. Job 14 and 1 says this, a man that is born of a woman is yet a few days and full of trouble. We know that life in itself isn't always cake and ice cream. And then we go to fact two. Fact two is this, we can arise above our circumstances. Life does stink, but we can arise above our circumstances. See, three times in Scripture, during all of Joseph's circumstances and situations, it says this. Please listen. Please very listen. Three times in Scripture, it says in Genesis chapter 31, verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Genesis 39 and 21 says, the Lord was with Joseph. Genesis 39 and 23 says, but the Lord was with him. Earlier, I said many circumstances in life are uncontrollable, and things don't always go as planned. But if God is with you, who can be against you? I'm here to tell you that one plus God is the majority. I I, I wish somebody would just realize that in your life right now, it doesn't matter who is against you, it doesn't matter who's coming against you, that when God is on your side, nobody can beat you. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Why was God with Joseph? Because Joseph had great character. Joseph understood better than anyone that he could rise above 
all of his circumstances. Throughout his entire ordeal, he had an unwavering faith to God. How did he do it? How did he rise above his circumstances and situations? What was it about him that made him a great success? When we start to see Joseph teaches us to use our, our Joseph teaches us to fulfill our responsibilities no matter what. <laughs> see, if you go back and look at some of the themes that, that have been going on in, in, the, in the pastors here at the Building Christian Fellowship, we've been hearing what God has been telling us. And, and we, you start to look at a theme here that when God begins to speak to us, that we begin to speak to the, God's people. And as we speak to God's people, we start to see that it doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter about what we're looking at in life. It doesn't matter that how hard times are happening. We still have to have joy. We still have to have focus. We still have to remember our mission. We have to fulfill our responsibilities. Joseph had so many things happening to him that he didn't worry about what was going on to him. He was looking at what was going on through him. And as it was going through him, he said, I still have a responsibility to hold up my integrity. Joseph was dependable He was re and reliable. He always gave his best no matter what. And as a result, he was always recognized as a leader wherever he went and was promoted to leadership positions. <laughs> Genesis 39 and 6 says this, Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Everything that, that he wanted was right at his footsteps. Now, you guys even remember that Joseph was very handsome. You guys remember I said that earlier? In Potiphar, Potiphar had no worries. Now, well, we're going back now. Potiphar had no worries. There was something about, about Joseph that as he looked at Joseph, there was something about him that he goes, you know what? I trust you with everything that I have. Not only do I trust you with the things that I have, that I trust you with my wife. There was something about Joseph that even though, listen, because we, we, we get so caught up in Joseph that we don't realize he was a slave. We forget about him being, being um, 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 betrayed by his family, sold to the enemy who are the Ishmaelites. But yet he still held his integrity, and because he had God with him, as I said, that the Lord was with him, that he was still promoted by Potiphar. What about you guys? Does your boss prosper because of you? <laughs> then we look at Joseph, and he, he gets thrown into prison, and the next thing you know, he's the assistant warden. <laughs> See, I'm talking about where he was at, but you know why he was there? He, didn't, he got promoted. So many, of, so many of us are so busy looking at the circumstances and what's happening to us that we're not realizing that we're, we're, God is looking to promote you in your situation, but we're so, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. We get so caught up in what's happening to us that we don't see that God is actually trying to promote you. Joseph's attitude was this, I don't know why these things are happening to me, but I do know how, how I'm supposed to act. I don't know why these circumstances have been caused in my life, but I know who the Lord is in my life. When any, whenever anybody turned any responsibility over to Joseph, there were no concerns to him. He was completely reliable. Is that, a, is that is that a good word, Pastor? Reliable. That we as Christians should be reliable. We are people of integrity. Do you do your best at your job even when you hate your job? 
Joseph was in, in prison on false charges, and he still kept rising to the top. He was a prisoner. You guys get this. He was a prisoner and literally became the assistant warden. The warden probably was like, I ain't got to work. Just take care of everything. I'm going home. Listen, the quality of your dependability reveals the quality of your spiritual life. (laughs) Saints of God, it's not happening to you. God is working through you. Can I say it again? Look at home. I'm going to say this to everybody at home. It's not happening to you. God is working through you. The Holy Spirit was obvious in Joseph's life. Is that true in your life today? Is the Spirit of God at work and operation in your life? Christians, we ought to be the best that we can be no matter what we do. We're not called to be better than other people, but you are called to be the best that you can be. We have to look at the law of success, and this is God's law. It's the law of success, Luke chapter 16 and 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. This is the law of success. You cannot try to to do just a little bit and and get over. God says if you are going to be great at a little bit at what you have, if you're faithful over the few things that God gives you, then God's going to make you ruler over many things. And so many of us want to rule over a lot of stuff, but we haven't been faithful over the little things that God has given us. So many people say, when I make it big, then I'm going to be faithful. (laughs) But what are are you doing about your day-to-day responsibilities right now? Are you being faithful over the little things? So many people say, when I get out of debt, I'm going to start tithing. Are you kidding me? When everything gets settled down and the COVID's gone and the Rona is, is, is bad and everything gets back to normal and, and the, the elections are over, then I'm going to start reading my Bible and fellowshipping. If you're not faithful with the little responsibility, he's not going to give you great responsibility. If you're not faithful with the little amount of money that God has given you, he's not going to bless you with a great amount of money. You need to fulfill your responsibilities, and whatever you're doing, do the best you can. Life is hard, but guess what? It's not about what's happening to you. It's about God working through you. We have to make sure we maintain our integrity. Joseph was a man of absolute moral purity. He was so spotless that they had to make stuff up about him. Now, I pray right now, we should have a prayer ceremony right now, that right now as Christians, we should have such integrity that people will look at you, or integrity and purity, that people will just look for stuff to make up about you. They want to attack us, like Potiphar's wife. Can you imagine the internal battle that was going in the mind of Joseph? He says, I'm a slave against my will in a foreign country. He said, life hasn't gone the way that I've planned it. But he said in himself, I will not give in. I'm not going to settle for living here. I'm not going to settle in this position. I know that God has something greater for me. What gives this guy this kind of mind? What makes this guy maintain, maintain this standard of purity and moral integrity even when his world is falling apart? What motivated a guy like that? Let let me just help you guys. Right now, what kind of things in your life are falling apart? 
And because life is falling apart, because circumstances are happening to you, you have given up your responsibility, you've stopped doing what God has called you to do, and then guess what? Life is now falling apart because of your circumstances and your situations. But Joseph knew that he had to maintain his purity, his loyalty to others, and his love for God kept him. Saints of God, whenever you lower your integrity, you're going to hurt other people. Joseph was a young man. God planted a dream in his mind that all his brothers would bow down to him and that he would be greater than his other siblings. For 30 years, Joseph's life went downhill. Did I say 30 years? 30 years? Can you fathom that right now? 30 years? I counsel some young people that haven't done anything in 23 years, and they're ready to give up life as it is now. I've talked to grown-ups, I'm calling them grown-ups, i talked to adults, and they, they, for three years, they can't even do something. Life has fallen apart. Well, I've tried for three years to get out of debt. They, they, 30 years, Joseph was enslaved in prison, betrayed, forgot about, circumstances and situations. Do you realize that Joseph had every right to be bitter? And this gets to my next point. So many of us sit down and go, why me, God? You give me a dream that I would be a great leader, that I would be a young man, that my brothers would bow down to me, but I ended up as a slave, falsely accused of rape. I got thrown in prison in a foreign country. Things are not going good, God. This this dream that you've given me isn't what you've given me. I saw the dream. I believed the dream. But for 30 years, nothing's happened. But Joseph didn't get that kind of victimization mentality because he realized that no matter what was happening to him, that God was still with him. The Bible tells us that Joseph was eventually promoted to be second in command to Pharaoh. Now, I know I'm I'm not going over the whole story, but I'm I'm just trying to get you somewhere. We're trying to see the character of Joseph, that, that Pharaoh himself, he was the king, Pharaoh was that, that, that Joseph was brought up from Potiphar's house from the prison right next to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, even by that time, Pharaoh's like, look, it doesn't matter. You, 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 you're, you're so intelligent. You've gotten everything that I need to, to run this, this uh, country. I don't need to do anything. Joseph, you do everything. Do you realize that Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream? He said, we're going to have seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Pharaoh said, well, what should we do, Joseph? (laughs) Pharaoh looked at him and said, listen, you're in charge now, so you go ahead and do it. Whatever you say, you've you've heard my dream, you've interpreted it, you have wisdom, we're going to do whatever you say. Because Joseph went from, listen to me, Joseph went from being hated to being lied on, to being thrown in a pit, to being sold as a slave, to being into uh, Potiphar's house and being, being accused of rape, being thrown in prison. But eventually, the dream that came true was that he would be second unto Pharaoh. That's number two. He went from a slave to number one. But the dream that he had still hadn't came to pass. Oh, you guys, help me out here. I'm going to bring this to a close. Our life lesson that we have to see from Joseph is this. Pain sometimes has a hidden purpose. God often redirects our lives. (laughs) 
Notice Joseph's reaction when his brothers tried to kill him. You guys remember he wanted to kill him, but Joseph could have turned around and killed his brothers. Genesis 50, he says this, 50 in verse 20. But as for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people's lives. I, 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 I wish you guys could put this together because I, I, I want to finish my sermon, but I, I'm, I'm starting to stir up the gift inside of me right now. I'm stirring up the testimony in me right now because as I began to look and see about Joseph, uh, there were things that were happening to me. There, there were things as I was confused. Uh, there was things when I got the diagnosis of death in my heart. There were things that were telling me, and eventually then the stroke happened, and, and then I, my, my loss of speech and my loss of memory, and, and all these things were happening to me, but I'm starting to see that it wasn't about what's happening to me. It's what God is doing through me. It isn't about me, y'all. It's not about what you're seeing standing up here. It's about what God is doing through you. God, what the world, what this body, what other people meant for harm, what they wanted to do against me, God meant it for good. Woo. Right, it gets even better. Because he says to save many people's lives. God has a destiny and a plan and a purpose for you. That dream that you have wasn't a dream for you. Sit down and raise your arms and be like, my brothers are bowing to me. No, what he saw was his brothers, but his brothers represented nations. Do you realize that? That nations were bowing down, not to Joseph, but they were seeing that Joseph was a man of integrity who God was with. And when they bowed down towards Joseph, they weren't looking at Joseph. They were looking at God. Many of you have been harmed by other people, former spouses about with parents, brothers, sisters, teachers, bosses, former girlfriends and boyfriends. They all meant to harm you, but God can use it for your good. It's not about what's happening to you. It's about God working through you. That very unfamiliar, very familiar word that we keep hearing today, saints, that we just need to get out of our vocabulary is this. Victim. We are all victimized. Look at it. Look at the world right now. Everybody's a victim. But in Christ, you don't have to say, stay a victim. But in Christ, we could stay a victor. We have to learn that even though things are happening, even though that people are giving you, you get diagnosis of death, you're getting a doctor's bill, all these things are happening to you, people are lying on you, you're thrown in jail, you're, you're, everything's happening to you. You got to remember that even though it's happening to you, God is going to work through you. And you're going to be a victor. You are going to stand in a place of victory. You're going to stand in a place where God will hold up your hands high. That you have to stand. And listen, I'm not lifting up fists. I'm lifting up hands. Because I'm going to lift up my hand. Now, listen, I'm not trying, I am not trying to say anything to anybody. And I understand what things represent. But I do know one thing. When you resist something, the Bible says, it says, resist the devil and he shall flee. Resisting, to resist the devil and he will flee from you. But the Bible says first, submit yourself unto God. Then resist. 
my sign of resistance is open hands because I am now standing at a place of victory. I am now standing up. Yeah, things are happening to me. Yeah, I had a stroke. Yeah, I have cardiomyopathy. Yeah, all this is going on. But I God said, listen, this, all this stuff has been meant to harm you, to destroy you. But guess what? I am going to use what's happening to you and let God go through you to save many lives. Your life. You look at my testimony, you need to stop today and look at yourself in the mirror and say, God, it's not happening to me. God, you're working through me so that, guess what, that, that I'm going to save many lives. You may not be able to stand on a platform and talk to a hundred people, but maybe God saved you to save your family. Maybe it might be five people in your family that you need to save. Maybe it might be three people that you have to save, but you can't sit down as a victim and sit down in sorrow and, and feel sorry for yourself because what's going on around you, you need to know that God has brought you to a place of victory that you could save many lives. The good news, saints of God, is that God can turn everything around. God can use the worst things you've ever experienced in your life for good to develop you into a person he wants you to be. It's not your circumstances. It's your character that matters. It's not happening to you. God is working through you. It's circumstances in situations. I didn't know what was going to happen to me that morning when I woke up. I thought it was just going to be another day. I didn't know the role that I had to, 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 to get on. I didn't know what, what was going to become of the rest of my life. but I know I have faith in God. I know that I am a miracle because of God's grace and his mercy. And because of that one circumstance, it's up to us to either live in that circumstance and sit down and go, God, why me? Or step back and go, God, guess what? I'm going to stay in my destiny. I'm going to fulfill my responsibility. And why not me, God? If it's going to happen to me, God, I'm going to, rely, I'm going to let you go work through me so that the glory of God will operate. And I'll leave you with this in John chapter 16, 33 in the Amplified Version. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulations and trials and distress and frustrations, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, and undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. It's not happening to you. God is working through you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Somebody give God a praise right where you're at. Saints of God, wherever you are in life, stop being a victim. Stop being a victim. No longer should you utter those words. You, you, you ought to right now. We're going to pray, but we need to just pray and say, God, get rid of this victim mentality out of my life because we have the victory through Christ Jesus. So you guys pray with me with that. We're no longer victims. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of Joseph that you have given us. Lord, we thank you that even as, as Joseph went through all his time and trouble, Lord, that even us, that, that a man born of a woman is yet a 
a few moments in full of trouble, Lord, that we see and we recognize what's happening to us, Lord, but we also recognize that you are working in us and through us, Lord, to your glory. God, even right now that we confess out of our own mouth, no longer will we have a, a, a heart and a mind to be victims, Lord, that we are victors through Christ Jesus, that we have the victory through G Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray right now for each person right now that has been, been, been in trouble, Lord, that have been uh, 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 filled with uh, uh, things that they haven't, uh, uh, things that, that they've been listening to in their minds, Lord, things that they've been asking you, but that, but that you've been talking to them about, Lord. Lord, we thank you, and we open up our ears to hear what you're saying to the, uh, from the Spirit of the Lord in our hearts. And God, we pray right now, we pray that you will continue to direct us by your Spirit, that we will no longer have the victim mentality, that we will be like Joseph, that every situation we find ourselves in, that we will be reliable, that we will be faithful, that we will be trustworthy, that we have integrity and character. God, and I thank you that everything that has happened to us, that the world has done, that even our own bodies has, has betrayed us, Lord, that, it, 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 that we thought it was gonna do a harm to us, Lord, but we thank you that it's going to be to your glory and for our good. That it may save people alive. We thank you for this, Lord. And Lord, I pray right now for everybody that's at home. Maybe you've been listen, you were listening, people that are, heard this word today, and they've been pricked in their heart to say, what must I do to be saved? God, that we just pray right now that we're out of our heart and out of our mouth, confession is made that we pray right now, Lord Jesus, come into our lives. Be the Lord of our lives. Lord, I thank you right now for all, for forgiving me of all of my sins. And Lord, help me walk the straight path that you have made for us, that you have ordered our steps. And, and, and God, I may not know you right now, but Lord, I want to get to know you. And thank you for bringing like-minded believers into my life that I may read your word and understand your word. We thank you right now for your spirit that gives us revelation of, word, of your word, Lord. And we thank you that you will help us. You are the helper. And we receive your spirit right now of, through salvation. So we thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Praise God. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.